is uh, this coming Saturday at 9 o'clock until 10.30, we will have our prayer worship time. I'm inviting every one of you to be a part of this. This is an exciting time and a transformation of our church regarding prayer and worship where we gather it together and our fine arts team uh, leads us in this avenue and we really move into that. And it, tell you what, last time we did it, it just went like that. It just was so quick. And, and so I encourage every one of you, I know uh, we have vacations, we're, we're uh, running around and trying to take care of all the things that we're doing, but make it a point to be here the next uh, Saturday at 9 o'clock. Also, want to let you know that uh, my wife, I, I drove her to the airport this morning and uh, dropped her off at 5 o'clock this morning at, at LAX, go back to be with her dad and uh, to help get things in line uh, for them and to instill the Word of God for a couple of weeks. She'll be gone uh, just before the next associate leader meetings. And um, so just be praying for her, for strength, wisdom, insight, and be praying for uh, her. And there's so many of you have walked in here um, just excited about what God's doing in your life. You've seen God do things. And, and for years, you, you, it was kind of like you were on, in neutral. And now God's beginning to really outpour his blessings in your life. But also we have some that might come in here and you're devastated. You have spouses that are very ill, and I, I look at some that do. And um, they need a miracle. Our God is a miracle-working God. And we stand with you. You are not alone. And if ever you feel alone, you call me. You call the office. You call me, and I will be there because I... None of us are alone. Jesus Christ loves us with every, everything that he is. And you are his daily, daily delight. Something uh, fun that we're going to be doing uh, as we have uh, endeavored once a month uh, for a few months to have the food. Last week it was awesome. Uh, a lot of great reports on that. And, and we're going to continue to do that the first Sunday of uh, next month. But also next month, the month of August, we're going to have casual August every Sunday. Um, I'm going to be like that one restaurant, Pinnacle Peaks. If I wear a tie, you can cut it off. So uh, I'm not going to be wearing a tie for the month of August. And, and uh, we're calling that casual Sunday for all the leaders and everything. You can relax and, and have a good time. And by the way, uh, there's nothing spiritual about this. And uh, I know ties look good, nothing spiritual about that, but we're going to do that for the month of August only. So just remember that if you wear a tie in August, we're going to cut it off. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we'll pray for you. <laughs> Amen. All the guys from the men's retreat, what a blast it was to be with you. And we had a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, and uh, God met us, and uh, we met God and we had just an amazing time. Next year, men, please be a part of this amazing time that we have when we go to Palm Springs. Can we stand? God has something very important. I have a word for you. Wherever you're at in life, whatever you're facing in life, I have a word for you today. 
Today's word is, is a word that is strong, very strong in some areas. It's very comforting in some areas. The word is going to give you a revelation and an understanding of the power and the wealth of your tongue. Do you know on the tip of your tongue, out of the abundance of your heart, you have an ability to change nations? You have that power, that authority in your tongue. And we're going to pray. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. What an honor it is to be with them. And I thank you, Lord, as we are endeavoring to dive in your word. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. <laughs> You've already been here. But you are welcome in our hearts to bring transformation, a renewing of our mind, Work miracles today, Father. Work miracles in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. I really enjoy standing before you, not because of being on a platform, but because when I associate with men and women like you, my life is changed, my life is enriched. When I'm in the foyer and I'm out there while worship is going on and I'm talking with people, my life is enriched. When I'm sitting in my office meeting with someone who has an idea of about a ministry and she begins to proclaim what God wants to do and she's asking me, um, you know, well, who do you think can do this? And this is, this is right, ready to go and Bible study for this one area. And I said, well, are you open? Why don't you do it? She goes, I can do it. I said, well, okay, we'll do it. You know, we don't have to have some guy who has a paper in his wallet that says he's a minister. You're a minister. You're called of God. You're anointed of the Holy Spirit. See, I was enriched because the Holy Spirit is, is given great ministry to her, and, uh, and she's thinking, well, maybe someone else needs to do it, and the church won't allow anybody else to do it because... You know, they're not tested or whatever. Just get out there and minister. Amen? Just go do your thing because if you do your thing, people's lives will be changed because you have wealth at the tip of your tongue. Now, also, if you were not here last week, I would ask that you would either out in the, in the courtyard purchase a CD of last week's message and or go on the computer, myvcc.org, and listen to the podcast uh, to keep up with us if you weren't here last week, or if you were, to restructure your thinking about words. And so I'm asking you to do that because words are very important. Speaking of that, this is called four-letter words. As soon as the newlyweds returned from their honeymoon, the young bride called her mother who lived a couple hours away, and the mother said, how did everything go? Oh, mother, she began. The honeymoon was wonderful, so romantic. We had a terrific time. But mom, on our way back, Andy started using really horrible language, stuff I'd never heard before, really terrible four-letter words. You've got to come get me and take me home, Mom. But honey, 
What four-letter words? Oh, I can't tell you, Mom. They're too awful. Come get me, please. And the mom says, darling, you must tell me what has gotten you so upset. Tell mother what four-letter words he used. Still sobbing, the bride said, Mom, he said words like dust, wash, iron, cook. (laughs) Words are very important. What you say can either destroy or heal. What you say can either bring poverty or bring prosperity in your life and those around you. How many of you have ever said this? Can I just speak freely? You said that? This is what I want us to see and this is what I want us to focus on. Are any words really free? Or do our words cost something? Are all our words worth an abundance? Or are they just words? So let's read the passage we read last week. Let's kind of dive into this and let's go to the next step regarding the power of our words. In Matthew 12, verse 33, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. So let me remind you in this passage, the tree refers to the heart or the man, and the fruit refers to the mouth or what we say. So the conclusion is your heart is known, you are known by what your mouth says or by your words. Verse 34, brood of vipers. <laughs> How can you, being evil, speak good things? In other words, if there's evil in your heart, it's difficult to say good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the heart produces the words that you speak. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. He was really good at this because what he did is he said there's evil, good. All right? Evil, good. What they speak, there's something that happens. But then he says, but every idle word. In other words, every word that we say, we must give account for. And we, we listen to the old adage or the old saying, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, names are words. And that is a total lie. That's a total deception of the enemy because you have the power of life and death on the tip of your tongue. Notice for every idle word man may speak, And verse 37 says, for by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Basically saying, God, who is a speaking God, created us in his image and likeness, so we are speaking spirits. 
And so our words are the most or one of the most important things that we have to be concerned about, think about, and begin to see how important they are in our life. Jesus ties our words then also to our heart. Now remember, your heart is your spirit and your soul. So if your heart is changed, then your mouth is changed, which means your words will change. So if we want change in how we speak, how we say things, and a lot of times we, you know, we want to be able to speak freely, but, but we need to understand that words do cost. But also, we, we feel like to, to really have you know, just substance of our life, we need to be able to give our own opinion. But what God is saying is that there is something that we need to think about, that our opinion speaking freely, our words will cost us. They will cost us in a sense of taking away. And the cost of our words, of our heart, in love for other people, it can literally change other people's lives. The opposite of that is if your heart is not changed, your mouth will never change. I know I used to say this a long time ago. Man, I, I, why do I do that? It's because of the heart. Why did I say that? Because of the heart. Doesn't mean that I'm evil. Doesn't mean that, that I'm wonderful or good. What it means is that what God did when he created us in his image, we need to understand that out of the content of God, he speaks. Who God is, he speaks. And so when he created us in his image and likeness, it's the same thing. Out of the content of our character, we speak. Out of our heart, we speak. Now, we can look at it, and we're not going to really study on this, but we did before when, we, when uh, Pastor Terry talked about the heart, the spirit, and the soul, is that your spirit cannot sin. It's the soul, the mind, the will, and emotions that we struggle with because we have lived this life, this life. I was talking to the men during the weekend. This life creates a filter in our lives. And the filter is not that it removes things. The filter is that it gets clogged up and we don't see God's will. We don't see God clearly because life has hurt us. People have said things. People have done things. We have done things wrong. We have uh, created things in our own life. And because of that, when we look at things in life, it is filtered through all what life has led us, whether we're hurt, whether we're walking in unforgiveness or anger. And so everything that we look at, we look at through that lens. And what God is saying here is it really doesn't matter whether you're, you know, not so good, good, really good, really, really good. Your words count and they cost. So let's take that and let's just go uh, a little bit further. David said in Psalm 19:14, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer." Have you ever done that before? Have you ever got up in the morning and say, "Father, I'm going to be going to work." And 
Would you let my words, the words of my mouth, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you? Matter of fact, God, how I'm communicating now, is this acceptable to you? And you learn from Pastor Dan that the, the acceptableness of, of what we say has to be based on the content of the Word of God. The content of the Word of God is the character of God. It's who He is. So again, God is more concerned about what you are becoming. So listen to this comment that I'm making. And I, I wrote this down because I, I want you really to hear the spiritual battle here. I want you to really understand is a lot of times we have a tendency to be so concerned about what's happening, but the Word and God is telling us what we need to be concerned about is the front part of what's happening. What is the front part? The front part is what's in our heart and what are we speaking. Because if we do that, Scripture, and we're going to find out more and more in this series, is that our words can literally change a nation. Our words, let's go a little bit smaller, our words can change our lives. It can change our relationships. It can change so many things in our life if we understand it's about the heart and what we say. King David, who was the apple of God's eye, was very concerned about what he thought in his heart and what he spoke, and asked God, am I doing all right? So listen to this. Satan knows this truth, and he knows if you become a believer and your heart is changed, your words will change, and if your words change, then he's in trouble. Because the things that he used to do to bring chaos in your life, he can't do anymore because now you are proclaiming God's future. You are proclaiming God's truth for your life, and it's beginning to manifest. Also, Satan also knows we are being renewed, and sometimes our mouth says things we don't want to say. He knows that, and so what he tries to do is he tries to get at you to the point where you, that you are so devastated by how bad you are that you give up on life. You are so devastated by sickness, what's going on in your life is, is that you won't change from the heart through the mouth. Because you'll get your eyes, you'll get your focus off of the key of, of the future, the key of this power that's on the tip of your tongue that, that you don't even think about it anymore. And so what happens is because what's going on brings devastation, then your words bring more devastation. You follow the, the process here? So he, Satan, also knows he can't frontally attack you so he tries to get you to turn your mouth against yourself to literally attack yourself. Well, the reason why this is happening is because I'm just, and you begin to say things that are just not true. The reason why this is happening is because you know God wants me to learn, uh, wait, is that what Scripture says? 
And a lot of times when we, we say things and we, we condemn ourselves and we condemn the situation, we condemn our business, our relationships. And what we're saying is the very things, the deception that, God want, or that Satan wants us to say. And God is saying, I want you to understand the conclusion of everything pastor has just told you. Your words can be very expensive. They can cost you a lot. Proverbs 6.2 says this, you are snared by the words of your mouth, you are taken by the words of your mouth. Literally, the, the word taken and, and the concept of that is talking about how that you are literally removed from the very thing God wants you to be in. That it's like a robber taking something that belongs somewhere else. The power of life and death are in the tongue. So, are any of our words free? Is the question. In other words, can we just say what we want to say? Let me give you three lies Satan tells us about our words. And then I'm going to give you God's truth about your words. And at the end, we're, just, we're going to want to jump up and shout because we're going we're gonna to know that you and I can change our nation and our world with our words. First of all, Satan tells you lies, we have the right of free speech. Now, I understand this is a constitutional right in America. And let me just tell you, this nation is the greatest nation about free speech. I agree with it, and I am very grateful. I am glad we live in America. I am glad that our Constitution tells us that, and we have that right. I'm glad as far as the Constitution tells us, though, but there is a difference between the kingdom of God and man's kingdom. Free speech, biblically, here is the question that we need to ask. Does it mean I can say anything I want? Anytime I want? And not be accountable for it. Does it mean God will not call me into account for my words because I live in America? No, because all of our words cost. God is recording, we found out last week. Your words have great wealth, and God is recording them for final judgment. The final judgment, as Scripture is talking about, is not that you're saved and going to heaven. The final judgment that Christians will go to is called the Bema seat. It's the reward seat. By Jesus Christ's blood, you receiving him, you are born again. His blood has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. You are going to heaven because of your faith and belief in Christ and your confession, your word of confession. But what this is talking about is that your words can literally remove rewards from your life. Now, I do need to learn to control my tongue if I want kingdom of heaven results. So, now let's begin to step a little further in this. There is a spiritual battle of words happening right now in your life. 
Some of us say, yeah, my battle is this sickness. My battle is my spouse. My battle is my job, my boss, the supervisor, the manager. That's not your battle. Your battle is not flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. And words bring you into that realm. Faith-filled words bring you into that realm. So we cannot say anything we want. We are still accountable to God. So one of our greatest battles in life is what we are saying and the result of what we are saying. So a guy named Howard Stern, you ever heard that name? A guy named Howard Stern is one of the most vile wordsmithers in the world today. I believe it was in 2004 he went to satellite radio because the FCC can't regulate or couldn't regulate at that time satellite radio. And you know what he said? He said, freedom of speech has been given a blow. (laughs) Well, sorry, Howard Stern. Everything you say will be given an account to God. I don't wish that on him. I don't wish that on anybody. But when we are, are living our lives, we must understand when God created the heavens and the earth, he did it with words. When God created you, he did it with words. In creating you, in his image and likeness, you are a word spirit. You are a spirit speaking person. And you have to understand that what God is saying here is believer or unbeliever, just because it's legal free speech, it doesn't mean it's okay with God. So here it is, bottom line. There is a higher law than an American law. And I love American law. Constitution of the United States. There is a higher justice than America's social justice. It is God's law. So Psalm 141 verse 3, we need to pray this every morning. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. If you ever start a conversation with I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> Don't say it. Because words are powerful. Psalm 139, or excuse me, Psalm 39, verse 1. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. Basically what he's saying He's saying, if if I can't get my act together, get my heart in line, I'm just going to put a dumb muzzle on my mouth so I don't say anything. And and why I'm talking like this, why I'm bringing this out is because I just want you to recognize how important your words and my words are. How we think in our heart and from there what we say. Because what we say develops the atmosphere 
for our future. Ever heard this scripture? There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination. Did you know three of the seven are from the mouth? How about this statement? This is the second thing that Satan lies to us. Hey, I'm just kidding. Don't be so sensitive. Satan tells you you're kidding. Go ahead and say it. Well, let me read you a scripture. Proverbs 26, 18 and 19. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. So you're like the first service, and every other time I've taught on this, you get really quiet. And you're thinking about, oh me, wow, what have I said in the past? And let me just tell you, we've all done it. We've all just, you know, we, we think in our heart, we get mad, we get frustrated, and we say what we want to say. And I'm just telling you what God is telling us in Scripture is we have to stop for a moment and really understand words are really important. So let's go on. On the tip of your tongue, you have a wealth of blessings. So be a blessing. My desire every morning when I get up is to be a blessing. I don't have to say what I want to say. I want to be a blessing to people. Matter of fact, there are times that I even ask people permission to say something. Someone will, because I'm a pastor, you know, and at the club or whatever, on a golf course, I meet some people, and they'll ask me a question. And they'll say, well, what do you think about this? And I said, okay, well, let me ask you a question first. You're asking me what I think about it. So if I say what I think about it, but in most cases, 99.9% of the time, I'm going to say what the Bible says, because that's my belief. That's my character. That's what I think. But if I say what the Bible says, are you going to be offended with me? Well, I don't know. It depends what you say. Then I'm not going to say anything. Right? I mean, how many of you have done that? How many of you talk with people and, and they ask you a question, they want your, quote, opinion? See, I would rather have a friend someday later through prayer bring him to Jesus than to say something because it's just my opinion. The guy wants to argue with me, and so I have to say something, and then he gets mad, and so then every time he talks to someone, points at me and says, yeah, you know what he did? You know what he said? You see what, what Scripture's talking to us about? And a lot of times we struggle with why do we have problems in our life? Why do we have people that hate us? Why do we have people that, that uh, literally despise what we believe, and want to argue with us is because sometimes we just have to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and know when to say something. Amen? None of that truth ever works in marriage either, by the way. 
God gave us, watch this, here's one of the greatest gifts God gave us. God gave us the ability to communicate our heart. What's in your heart? It is the creative ability to change things around you. Anybody here, don't raise your hands. Are you struggling at work? Is there a neighbor that you're struggling with? Are you struggling at home with a family member? You have a creative ability to change things around you. What is God saying to you? Now listen to this. Wealth is at the tip of your tongue, so develop your heart. Let me just say to anybody, if you're quiet or very boisterous, every one of you have a word at the tip of your tongue. You do. And it only shoots out when the heart tells it to. So develop your heart. So here's a question now. How do you get rid of bad words? How do you get rid of, okay, pastor, I understand that what the Bible, what God's telling us is he created us to be speakers of his word, the speakers of his kingdom, to be able to love people, to change people's lives, to change ourselves. When, when God gives us a vision, God gives us a call that we, we begin to get it in our heart and we begin to speak it. When there's sickness, we begin to speak healing because God says, I am your healer. So we have all this in our lives, but how do you get rid of the bad words we've already said? Here it is. The answer, forgiveness. This is how forgiveness works. If you want to get rid of bad words that you have spoken, you ask for forgiveness. Why is it so hard for me to ask for forgiveness? Because I'm, I'm always battling, I'm right. I'd rather allow God's will to manifest and be wrong. Married couples, I would rather be wrong and have peace with my spouse. Some of you young people about ready to get married or a few years get married, you don't need to be right all the time. If someone has spoken then to you in your heart from your mouth, give forgiveness. If someone has spoken wrong, if someone has come against you and, and said things that hurt you, and, and let me just tell you, you know what happens when you get hurt? You're hurt. Amen. So don't get all spiritual on me saying, well, I don't get hurt because I'm a godly man or a godly woman. You're hurt. You may not respond like you used to, but you get hurt because words do hurt. Actions do hurt. Words hurt more. So what do you do? If you've done things wrong, you go and ask for forgiveness. If someone has done wrong with you, you forgive them. Bottom line, you don't have to be right. So the only way to cut down a bad tree 
is forgiveness. A bad tree produces bad fruit, and bad fruit has bad seeds. When not changed, will produce a bad forest. Amen? Are you hearing that? Because your words are seed. And if you begin to speak death to yourself, death to your business, death to your marriage, death to whatever, what's going to happen is that seed's going to go out and plant trees. And before you know it, it's going to become a forest. And then here's what people say. I can't see what God's doing. You know why? Because you've got a forest in front of you. See, when I went to, I'm from Michigan, and then I moved out here in 1978, was out here for many years. And uh, then when I moved back to North Carolina, um, I couldn't tell where North was for about six months. Because all there were were trees, I couldn't see anything. And, and so here, where's North? Mountains, right? Because you can see from anywhere. But in North Carolina, I mean, sometimes you can't see 20 feet ahead of you because of forest. And that's where some people are in their life is they're trying to find the will of God. You know why? Because they're good people. They're wonderful people. They just don't get the words. They don't get the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. They're, they're godly. They do good things. They, they, they tie. They give offerings. They, they go and feed the poor. They, they go to school and they volunteer. They volunteer in their neighborhood. They bake pies in their neighborhood for people who are sick. They're good people, but they just don't get that what they're doing is they're destroying their future with their words when they could be absolutely prospering their lives by their words. Creating an atmosphere, because remember, we have this creative ability because we're created in the image and likeness of God. Follow the thought that forgiveness is the only thing that cuts down trees. The third thing Satan says that's a lie, as soon as our words are forgotten, the influence of our words are gone. Church family, words are eternal. Words hurt people and can encourage people. Now, has anyone ever, by their words, discouraged you? Have you ever gone to someone and said, hey, what's happening in my life? Look, let me tell you. And you take about two minutes to tell them and say, oh, I tried that. That won't work. Really? Get out of here. I don't want you as a friend. You know, some people even have that ministry of discouragement. Verbal abuse is manipulation. People will manipulate you, and that's what the enemy tries to do. So church family, do not take the gift God has given you to rip people apart, build them up. That's why we have created the, the courtyard once a month that we're going to do that. People get together. I know last week it was awesome. And people got together at the men's retreat. We got together the women's uh, retreat. They, you know, they got together. And, and just the encouragement and the building up and the blessing, the laughter, the fun that we had. 
and the tears that came because of what God was doing in our lives individually. So let me give you some good news now. Good words last forever also. Let me show you something that's really interesting. You know, there was a relationship between a young man named Timothy and Paul. Timothy called Paul his spiritual father. And so when Paul wrote to Timothy, Paul said to Timothy something really interesting, and I'm going to explain it to you. He says, Timothy, I always remember you in my prayers day and night. And in these prayers, I thank God for you. Just saying that, that's pretty cool coming from your spiritual father. But Timothy was going through a tough time. He also wrote to Timothy, don't let anyone despise your youth. Now, I know a lot of people will take that, don't let anybody despise your youth, and you just be whatever you want to do. You don't have to be mentored. You don't have to learn nothing. You just get out there and do your own thing. Listen, young people, get out there and do what God's called you to do, but you're going to do it better when you will watch others who've done it before you, and you will allow people to mentor you. Not just tell you what to do, but to mentor you, to love you in the places where you're at. Some of you young people that are, that are, you know, one day you're believing you're going to get married, find a couple that knows what marriage is all about and sit down with them and learn from them and begin to learn all these things. And so that's what Timothy had with Paul, and that's what Paul had with Timothy. So he wrote him this, but... Paul used a word, and by this word, we're going to see what Paul was trying to do for Timothy, because he knew Timothy was in a bad way. Timothy was struggling. Timothy was ticked off, because what was going on is everything he tried to do, they literally dishonored him, and Timothy was a great pastor. The word that he used here was, I always remember, the word remember. In the Greek, the root definition of the Greek word is translated remember. But it means, (laughs) I always place a graveyard monument. What? Let me explain it to you. A monument It's a memorial to someone's life. What Paul was saying, Timothy, I want you to understand. I got this connection with God just like you do. But in my connection with God, I remember, I place a memorial monument right before God. And I pray for you that every single second, 24-7, God knows your needs. He knows that I love you. He knows that everything that you have done coming to me and, and, and allowing me to mentor you and to love on you and to help you in your ministry, he says, I have placed this, Timothy, and don't you ever, ever think that God doesn't know what's going on and that God won't change it because it's set right before him. So let me say it this way. Paul was saying, my prayers are building a statue of your need before God. 
What does that mean? This truth tells us this. A grandmother can build a monument before God of her grandchildren. And even though some of the grandchildren have just totally gone haywire, and she can even die, but 20 years later, these grandchildren can come to Christ. Why? Because the grandma loved her grandchildren so much that before she died, a monument was set before God. Always in remembrance of her grandchildren to be born again, to be healed, to succeed in life, to have, find a great mate, to do all, these, all the prayers that set before, and we can even die, and 20 years later, they get born again. I want you to understand that, parents, siblings, you have nieces and nephews, you have younger siblings, if you will understand this process of your words, what you are doing, and we're going to continue to unfold this for you, but what you are doing is literally setting a monument before God, and God will always remember. And if you go, oh, I, I've heard people say, you know, on their deathbed, I, my greatest concern is my grandchildren. And I say, have you prayed? Oh, I prayed every day for them. I speak the word over them. I've placed, I give them birthday cards and I give them scripture. And I tell them, you go ahead. You go ahead and be with the Lord because you did it. And I promise you one day, they will do it because God will honor his word. Amen? That's how powerful your words are. Now, let me just tell you, I have seven and a half grandchildren. One's in the oven. Not Melissa, but Jill. <laughs> no, I won't say that. Never mind. I was with a bunch of men last couple of days. <laughs> but here's the reality. Every one of those grandchildren, when they were born, and if I get emotional, you need to understand why. Because I understand the importance of the word. I, I understand the importance of my heart and what I speak. I have grabbed every one of them kids multiple times, held them in my arms, month old, every one of them the day old. And I have walked with them. I've walked with them in my backyard. I've been in the front yard and I've walked down the street with them and I'm talking to them and I'm speaking the word of God and I, said, I will say, God, I want you to see and I will name their name, their full name. And I said, in Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over my grandchildren that they will succeed in life. They will call you Lord in their life and I protect them. God, I want you to see this. Satan, in Jesus' name, you have no power over my grandchildren in Jesus' name.
I did that with my children. And I want to tell you, I'm just going to say this now, that my memorial monument before God is bigger than all yours. Amen. So let's have a contest. Amen? Can you start really understanding that you, the wealth of your words, that you began to proclaim the word of God over your children, your children's children, your great-great-grandchildren, and you begin to proclaim that, and in that proclamation, the future of your children and grandchildren will be great. That's right. They will be protected. A thousand may fall one side, 10,000 other, but it will not come nigh me, and it will not come nigh my family. Let's all stand. So as you're standing, let me just remind you, the wealth of your words change lives. When we don't understand it, we don't do the work of the ministry God called us to, to bring transformation to those around us, those that are standing next to you, those that you meet in the courtyard, those at work, everywhere you go. Bad words last, but good words last also. So let's change it. If our words do not bring honor to God, forgive and change your heart. And you will see your future will become greater and greater And watch this, because forgiveness cuts the forest down, you will see clearly God's call upon your life. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters, my friends, (laughs) co-conspirators in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, bless their homes. Bless their families. Line them up for the blessings. Let their words be so huge in their hearts. The word of God, the will of God, that when they leave this place, we will hear a sonic boom, a change in our nation and our world. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.